0: As followers of Christ, we are faced with new norms and societal changes that may differ from our worldview. We see fads continue to shape not only our culture, but our beliefs as well. Are we following the trends of life, or are we seeking after the deeper truths which God places before us? We'll discuss these questions and more in Trend or Truth.
1: Hey there, this is Jeff Lasornio, live from the Amp Station. Of course, you won't be getting this live, you'll just be getting this uh, over the podcast. But uh, hey, last week we um, actually had 110 downloads of our first podcast, um, which I thought was pretty cool. I was was excited about that, quite a few more than I would have thought. But uh, one of the things that uh, we got some criticism about, and I I believe it was constructive criticism, was to kind of shorten it a little bit. So we're going to try to go for 30 to 45 minutes each week now, and... uh, uh, just see if we can keep you interested long enough and, and try it and see what happens. Um, I did mislead you last week and again this week when I told you that I was Jeff Lasornio. That is my name, but I go by Zorn, so uh, I'd rather be called that. Um, sometimes these guys, I think, might say Zorn, and I didn't want you to be like, hey, they added someone to the call, or especially if you don't know us or, or have been in a, uh, our ministry building. So um, We got something that we're uh, going to talk about today. We, we were not sure how it's going to go because we didn't, like, Put a whole lot of topics and things down. It was another suggestion that we got that we had too many questions last week, so we're going to try it and just do uh, more of a conversation, which I'm excited about. Um, but let's see how it goes. So uh, first, I want to introduce everybody that's in here. Again, uh, we've got our our OG um, uh, from the Church of the Nazarene, Wes Hostler Hey, then we've got uh, our producer slash Mr. Do-It-All, uh, the guy that makes all this happen and got us on all these different things connected for the different podcasts, uh, Mason Phillips. How's it going? And then, of course, uh, my favorite left-handed pitcher at Roger State University. Um, well, really all over the world. I need to say that or he'll get on me about it. But uh, Corey Murphy. Yeah, yeah. So today is how is the Axe Church represented... And then a couple of us threw in there, or not represented in today's church. Is there anybody that just wants to start out with a thought of how is the axe church represented in today's church? What is what is the axe church? What, what does that what does that mean for you anyway?
2: Well, I mean it's just their first effort of trying to become who Jesus called them to be. You know, it's a whole new world um, when you're talking about integrating extremely different cultures. And the challenges of um, dealing with different worldviews, dealing with uh traditional belief systems, and start to finish, uh people live life uh in different ways, and it can be a challenge like what we're dealing with today, is that change is hard, right? We're all feeling the strain of change right now and imagine uh, if you had to put all the routines aside that you're used to for the sake of you know not getting in the way of someone else's spiritual maturity or um, moving towards unity uh, all the things that we've talked about that uh, becoming a family is is not easy, but it's worth it.
1: I always kind of um say that I want the Amp Station to represent the Axe Church, and and my thoughts on that is just um, the boldness with which they went out and tried to share the gospel. Um, we don't always get that right here, but I, one thing I, I do feel like we get right here is when people come into this building, they truly feel loved. They tr- you know, a lot of them will quickly start talking about feeling like family. And this was a family environment. I mean, these guys were, were selling their possessions and, and pulling their money and their, their funds and their efforts together to make one body. They, they really were. They were doing a great job of this. Um, what, I don't know. Mason, what do, you, what do you think whenever you think of this?
0: I think now the way I see it is we're all kind of playing our part together because the Acts Church was really like a melting pot. It was nobody had, there wasn't certain denominations of churches. It was all just whoever the Christians were at that time, that was the church. And now that's kind of what I'm seeing reflected because of the virus is that all of these churches are either helping other churches grow and reach people. And they're all providing uh, platforms for them to still continue to do church life. Churches providing a lot of us with that ability now. And uh, I'm just kind of seeing, finally seeing what we were supposed to be from the very beginning.
1: That's really good. Murph, what about you? Where are you stand on this? See, I'm kind of on the other side.
3: Um, I really don't see the X-Church being represented a lot in today's church because, like you said, uh, they were pulling their money together. They were selling their possessions, and all they cared about was the kingdom of God. They wanted nothing more than for each member to do their part. There was no head pastor. There was no deacon. uh, These are the people that give regularly. They were all in for the same goal, and they all had... Uh, a heart for generosity that I really don't see that often in today's today's church, Uh, just because we're we're selfish and we're really, really entitled. Uh, And people always say like, oh, well, take it easy because we, we live in a different time. Yeah, we do live in a different time. We live in a much more entitled culture, and we live in a much easier time to be a Christian than what they did. And I think that's part of the reason why we don't represent the Acts Church and why uh, we're not seeing the kingdom of God extended in the way we want it. Uh, because it's it's a heart issue. It's not a time period issue. They were getting murdered for the sake of Christ and they were getting crucified upside down for the sake of Christ. And we have no ramifications for living for Christ. And so I think that not only motivated them because anytime you... you uh, you have persecution or resistance the the desire in you, it it causes you to self reflect and decide, is this something that I really want to do? Is this something I'm really willing to live, live, give my life for? And the guys that went all in for it, they went all in for it. And like I said, there was no pastor. Uh, Everybody was a minister, which is how it's supposed to be. Everybody was going out and preaching the gospel and living the gospel because sometimes people don't need to hear a sermon. They need to see you live it. And they did. They went out and they all preached the gospel. They all lived the gospel. And I think now with no ramifications, we are in a very comfortable situation where we can sit back and sit on our faith with no ramifications of having to test our, like, is this really worth it? We don't test anything. Uh, If somebody says that they want to be a Christian, we just
1: invite them on in and, and love them. Okay, let me, let me throw this at you, because this, this is kind of one of the things, you know, I, I pretty much quit everything and started living for Christ. Now, my wife makes really good money. Um, we're in a good situation. We, we, our debt's kind of pretty much taken care of. So, it, you know, it was easy for me. Honestly, it, it was uh, not necessarily convenient, but it was somewhat easy. But I always said, too, that if you could tell me, Zorn, go over to the campus of Roger State University, and anybody that wants to be healed – Anybody that wants to be, uh, you know, clear of anything, uh, you know, go over there, and I'm going to allow you to walk through campus, and and your shadow is going to fall on people, and they're going to be healed. Wouldn't that make it a lot easier for us to make that kind of decision? You see what I'm saying? I mean, they, do you, do you feel like they had advantages that we didn't have, or are those advantages that we're that maybe we're not taking serious?
3: I think if you ask a lot of Christians today, they think that that isn't possible in today's world. I think, but you believe it's possible. Absolutely. I believe in the power of God's healing because I've lived it. I've lived it in my own life. Now, somebody didn't walk up to me and say, be healed, but I had prayer warriors behind the scenes, praying for my healing of my shoulder. Uh, and a lot of, you know, that story. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, I fully and totally believe that God is the same today as he was then. He's never going to change. He never has changed, and he never will change. And I think that we play a huge part in trying to uh, take a supernatural God and put him in a natural situation. And we think with our physical body uh, or our physical we think in a physical realm when he is a supernatural and a spiritual God, and I think that we don't fully tap into the gifts that God gives us because we see things through a physical lens rather than a supernatural or a spiritual.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so easy for us to put God in a box because we have our own specific idea of what he is and who he is, but he's really much larger than any of us truly know. I mean, we really don't can't understand how great he is and how big he is we can't even really put into words how uh, amazing uh, he is and how, really how uh, amazing his power is because we have still have access to that healing power today we just don't really utilize it the way we should
1: well i can tell you i've i've seen god work miraculous in miraculous ways i've seen healing uh literally in a in an in a day overnight situation a couple of times in in my life uh you know he's he's saved my daughter uh when she was born uh in a, a miraculous way, um, my wife had a grandfather who was—I think he had kidney failures. Is that the one that makes you turn yellow? and so, Okay, so that—that's what that was. And—and and she prayed overnight. He's out of the hospital, lives another several years. They get to enjoy, you know, that much more time with him. I still am terrified to pray for healing for someone that I know and love. Not to mention walking through a campus. And praying for people right then and there.
3: I think until you're bold enough to even step out and let people know you're a Christian, you're never going to be bold enough to... When you're embarrassed, a lot of Christians are embarrassed to claim Christ, and that's not what uh, they want to want people to know necessarily. They kind of use it as fire insurance. They kind of hide behind it, and they still want to live their own lives apart from being a christian apart from jesus christ and that's another problem with the church today and i don't see it lived and out lived out today like the axe church is they were unashamed of the gospel they were completely and totally bought in to everything that was in that book everything that they had seen everything that was going on they were fully and totally bought in and i think until we as a christian or as a body fully buy into uh wholeheartedly being not separating any part of our lives from god not trying to say okay i'm going to give god this part but i'm still going to hold on to this i'm still going to live this in my in my life in my way then you can't tap into things uh that god has for us when you're not even giving him everything
1: wes you've gotten really quiet over there i know you got to have some thoughts on this
2: you don't have any doubt i should say that god can do things but sometimes you're not sure if he will yeah, yeah, I'm I'm hundred percent with you on that, and and I think about, and my my real deal is, if
1: it's gonna bring believers, it, it you know, I, I understand his will, and I understand he has a greater purpose, and I understand, but he's asking us to go out. That's what the Acts Church is asking us to go out and bring people to his kingdom, and then not only just that, but to actually teach them to go and bring other people to his kingdom, uh, disciples who make disciples why wouldn't that be in his will
2: I we didn't think about this question when we had a conversation earlier about simon the sorcerer is that very thing is like are people going to come in just to see some supernatural event i mean because there's a lot of people that have exploited that over the years televangelists and things like that and they turned out to be fake but at the same time look at the hypnotic effect it has on people when they're just there for the sensationalism of healing or whatever they're not there for anything else they're not there to draw closer to god they're not worried about the the source of the miracle they just want to see magic happen does that make sense yeah yeah i understand totally what you're saying i mean it's like we think about the gifts or the blessings we talked a little bit last week is that a lot of people are, are completely in for the benefits. They want the blessings, but they couldn't care less about the giver of those blessings. And so it's 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 a tightrope. And we can't see into the motivations of people's hearts. You know, ulterior motives are something that we really kind of segued into and in that we need self-awareness a lot of times about our ulterior motives is that if we come into this uh, family of believers with ulterior motives and we don't have any self awareness about that because sometimes we don't know that we have those we have blind spots and we're we're not aware because that's just the way we've always been as human beings and if we're you know created as you know selfish egocentric little babies that want things right now And all of that other stuff, that's going to carry into our adulthood, of course, in different ways. And so we get into this family and you know how difficult it is to share with your siblings, right? I mean, that's one of the things parents have to go through is teaching them how to share their favorite toy or whatever it is. And so we don't like to share certain things. We don't like to um, lose control of this um life that we've essentially built you know and so becoming a family is a very complex thing that we try to oversimplify sometimes and and that's where we get ourselves in trouble because we can point at somebody else and say you know just get over it it's no big deal because it's not something that really bothers you but for another person It's something that they really don't know how to deal with because it's so conditioned into the way they think and stuff like that. So I would say if you're drawing people in with sensationalism and it's not just miracle healing but a ton of other things that they're there for the shock and awe of of some kind of show, then, then sometimes that's bad for them because of their personality type or whatever it is because until they know that that god's not always going to work in the way they think he should until they know that this has got a bigger picture involved with it that it's not just to say hey wow we can do things that are supernatural and i'm impressed with that that there's a purpose behind it to bring people into the faith to to change you know and renew their hearts and minds and everything that we talk about that gives us evidence that somebody is you know uh, a believer, and that is usually what what's what's the primary evidence Jesus said that he would that he wanted us to demonstrate in order for people oh, to repentance recognize. right, but love. Love yeah. love is the way that people will recognize who you are. right? And so people aren't going to really learn to love just by being impressed by the sensationalism. They're going to have to wrestle with relationships and they're going to have to deal with some things in their own life, but they have to have that self-awareness first. And so growth uh, sometimes doesn't happen when people are so caught up in the superficial or the, the externals.
1: You you said a word there a couple of times and it was sensationalism yeah. and uh, you guys know I I'm I'm real uh, conscious of my prideful self I've I've always been a prideful person uh, but it made me made me successful at things that that pride could help you with baseball you know it was one of those things if you took pride in it and you worked and you did things and you kind of had to have this this false arrogance about yourself you know and and that carried over into my life so I, I did a lot of things like that. And I still feel sometimes like I carry that over into this life and uh, sensationalism. We were talking to earlier before we started the show. Um, you know, I'm I'm nervous that this is sensationalism. I'm, I'm nervous that this podcast is sensationalism. I'm nervous that I, I want to build our live streams to be this attractive, uh, you know, a well put together, uh, uh, you know, not, not cinematic, but but just a nice looking presence um, and. I feel like it's coming from a good heart, but how can, how can I be sure? How can I know that that's not for a personal pride type of, of situation? Because am I trying to be a sensationalist? Am I trying to trick people into, and is there some of that that's okay? I mean, how, if it gets someone that may not have watched it before to watch it, is that okay? Um, And if so, Where do we got to start being super truthful or, or, you know, what, 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 what am I saying? What am I talking about here? Do you know what I mean? Well, I I think we always want to,
0: we want to take pride in our work, especially if we put a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, time and effort into it. We want to be proud of the stuff that we produced. But if it's still being used to reach people for God and to build the kingdom up and you're still uh, following his commands, I I don't see anything wrong with it. I think this is something that he asked us to do. And I think we need to keep going in this direction.
1: You know, uh, Kendrick Oakley is a friend of mine. And and he, I was watching his service. I think it was last week, maybe the week before Murph. And he he talked about people doing uh, doing some sensational things to try to spread the gospel. And and uh, I had it all typed in to reply onto the deal because I agree with what he's saying. Um, and and this isn't a disagreement with still yet, but my thought process that went through my head. This is going to sound awful, but I want to say it anyway. Um, he he was talking about. Uh, you know, trying to convince Christians to commune together, which we shouldn't have to convince Christians to commune together. That should be a natural part of this love that Jesus put in us. But what I had typed in and ready to send and I never did just because I didn't think it was the appropriate time was I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm preaching and I'm teaching and I'm talking to some of our congregation who are Christians and I'm doing air quotes for those of you that can't see at home that are Christians, but I don't believe they're Christians to the, uh, I I don't know how I want to say it. They're, they're they're claiming it, but they're not living it to the, the full extent, you know, and I don't mean that in a judgmental way. I just mean that they're, they're sometimes their actions don't align with their words, but they're still in here as Christians. Uh, but they're not doing so. I'm, I, I want to talk to them. I want to, get their attention. If if that makes sense, you know, I I want to make sure they stay in contact so that they can uh, maybe grow. Maybe, maybe God speaks to them in a way through that contact that they stay uh, in connection with
2: God. Does that make sense at all? Or Absolutely. And then I think it goes back to the self-awareness issue. They have, they may not know. They may not know that they're not living, uh, you know, out the gospel the way jesus intended it them to live it out because maybe the people they interact with on a daily basis live the same way and claim to be christians and and that's why when we're not uh, tested against what scripture says it's supposed to look like or tested against uh, somebody that has lived in a way that convicts you you know what i mean it's like We're supposed to be able to read Scripture and apply it directly to our lives, but a lot of times it doesn't work for us that we need to have a role model or we need to have a living example in front of us that we can relate to. And I I know that that may be oversimplifying it a little bit, but we make attachments in relationships, and I think it goes back to we all need someone to mentor us. We all need someone to look up to and we have to have permission, you know, as a mentor to say, you know, here's a blind spot. I'm trying to give you some self-awareness and I'm not telling you that I love you any less because of it. I'm not saying that, you know, if you don't change that you and I are done, uh, anything like that but I think I know you well enough that you want to be as close to God as you possibly can be. And if you don't remove this obstacle or you don't um, allow him to make you sensitive to whatever it is that's you know holding you back, then I think you're just going to stay where you are. I'm going to play devil's advocate and go super
1: radical for a minute. You know, radical is my favorite, so let's go for
3: it. (laughs) So... We make all these excuses for the people like you're talking about, the ones who uh, claim to be Christians. We might run everybody off this podcast, but the people that, the people that claim to be Christians, but they aren't fully living it. Okay. We, we will make a million excuses for those people to say, like, oh, well, they, they're still saved. God's still, like, they still love God. Okay. What did Jesus say to the rich young ruler when he didn't sell all his, like, he told him to sell all his possessions? The guy went away sad. He told his disciples... Count I'm so th-
1: glad you answered that for me. He,
3: he told his disciples, count the cost. He told the disciple, let the dead bury their dead. We serve a radical Jesus, and we are really in danger when we try to make him out to be this... I don't want to word this wrong. We try to make him into this idea of he's just a guy up there that we can't reach, that's just gonna to continue to pour down forgiveness and grace. And we're we can still do whatever we want. We can still live in the way we want to and still align with what God calls us to be. And it's it's just not true. That's the social acceptance that we
1: talked about last yeah. week, right?
3: Yeah, and we serve a radical Jesus and I, I don't I think people are scared to hear that and I think they're scared to come to terms with that because that means that you go all in for this or you go all out for this and there's real there isn't an in between there's no middle ground you're either all in for this this life uh what it brings what it means and that doesn't mean you're perfect i'm not trying to say that but i am saying that there's repentance where there's sin and like he was talking about with a mentor yeah you need a mentor. You need somebody else that's all in with you so they can pick, point, out, point out your blind spots. But it's not a blind spot if you're living in it every day. And it, this idea of excusing people and claiming that they still love God and they're still a Christian when they're going out every single day and repeating the same sin over and over again and they're
1: aware of it, that's a problem. Yeah. So uh, I, I know exactly what you're saying and and from a from a person in a uh position where you're wanting to win people over that's scary sometimes you know you know what i mean and and i think the problem there is though i'm wanting to win them over for me not not necessarily for jesus does that make sense uh where as soon as i can change from that uh you know i i really want to win people over for christ then maybe I can address the truth a little bit differently. And what you said was exactly what this podcast is supposed to be about. It's do you want the trend or do you want the truth? And the truth is that there may be a lot of Christians out there that may not be to the salvation point yet. Disagree? Agree? And to
3: kind of go off the to the salvation point yet, Kendrick said something in the message today that I thought was really profound and important. He said that it's not, Jesus saved me 10 years ago. It's I found Jesus or Jesus found me 10 years ago and he's still saving me to this day on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. yeah I love and that. that's, that's the the journey. It's, it's not, I'm going to become a Christian and I'm going to be perfect. It's I'm going to become a Christian, but I'm going all in for this thing. I'm not holding anything back. I'm giving my entire life over holding nothing back and, whatever God wants me to do, I'm going to do it because I love him and I've given my life to him. It's, it's a sacrifice. It's not I said a prayer and now I can still live whatever I want, the, whatever way I want, but I, can, uh, but I still have forgiveness. It's not that way. It's I'm going all in for God. I'm giving everything to him, and there is forgiveness because I'm going to repent where I'm wrong, and I'm going to do my absolute best for this thing.
0: It's that relationship thing again, because if you want God to be a distant God, he'll be a distant God. That's up to you. If you really mm-hmm. want to have a true relationship with him and to get him as close as possible, you got to do the work.
1: Yeah, that's really good. That's pastor at material right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be putting that in the app. So, um, so you guys just honestly just keep reminding me of my deficiencies. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask for your input here. It's called self-awareness. There we go. That's what it was. Thank you, mentor. Uh, No, uh, when you talk about that, it it makes me think again um, about, uh, man, I lost my train of thought. Since you lost it, I'll go on a little bit. And that, I don't want
3: people to think that I'm some kind of self-righteous guy who thinks he's perfect. Because that truth that I was talking about, about a radical Jesus, that scares me a lot of times. Because when I screw up, and I know I screw up, I'm afraid, like, oh my gosh, I need to repent, but what if it happens again? What does that mean? Like, Does that mean that I'm not saved anymore? Or does that mean that Jesus doesn't love me anymore? And it honestly scares me. But I can also rest in the fact and know that the day I gave my life to Jesus, I have never been the same since that point. If you would have known me before I was saved— I've had, I, thankfully I've still been in contact with a lot of people I went to high school with and Morgan McSpadden, one of the people who goes to amp here, she came up to me not very long ago, maybe a month ago. And she said, Corey, I can honestly say that God completely transformed the person that you
1: are. And I
3: can rest in that knowing that I'm in this for real. And I I want more than anything to glorify God with the way that I live my life. And I'm never going to get it right but I'm all in for it, and what come what may,
1: I'm all in for Jesus. Right, right. Thank you for the save. I remembered what I was going to say now. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, um, you, you kept talking about, you know, God speaking to you, God telling you things to do, and one of the things is, and a lot of it was kind of stuff like this, you know, it's, how do you guys determine whether it's God speaking to you or it's a, a self-desire, it's something that you want but it kind of lines with his will, so he'd probably be okay with it. How do you tell the difference? Because I believe that if it's of yours, it's not going to be uh, what God would make it if it was his.
0: I think God plants certain desires on our hearts, and I think a lot of them, if they're with good intention, they are from God. I can see that. Uh, but I also look for like confirmation, because God will com- confirm what he's trying to do in you in many different ways. And if you see that 10 times over, 20 times over, you're, you, you can pretty be pretty confident that's coming from God and not just you.
3: I think it's kind of our original question, how is the Acts church represented? Um, They devoted themselves to prayer. It says that in Acts. And I think when you as a human devote yourself to prayer, God intercedes uh, your thoughts and he starts to, to place things in you that you know didn't come from you just because Anytime I want to test whether it's from God or not, I always look back uh, on who I used to be and think, is this something that I would want? Because that's my flesh. That, that is my fleshly human. That is who I am. That's my old man. Is this something that I would have wanted then? No. Okay, well, then it's got to be of God because that's who I am now. I am a Christ follower. And so if it's something that I want now... I know it's got to be for God because, like I said, I'm all in for this thing. And if I'm all in for this thing, I'm trying to eliminate selfishness from the equation.
1: Okay, so you did say something earlier about uh, uh people saying that the time was different, and and I, I, you know, one of the phrases I hate worse than anything in the whole wide world is when people say life got in the way. You know, they started having babies. They started, you know, I've got a whole string of cousins in 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 the Dallas Fort Worth area. That we used to get together several times a year and, and absolutely just had a ball every time we did it, and uh, and we just don't anymore. And, it, and it's because of that line. It's the life got in the way, and where I see it more, and and I'm guilty of it. Don't get me wrong. It's not them. It's it's been me. Of uh, I just wouldn't take the time, you know. Um, so, what about that life getting in the way? Is that is that a factor now? Is that keep us from being able to do what what the what the Bible asks us to do? Does that keep us from acting like the Axe Church? This goes
3: again perfect into what Kendrick was talking about today.
1: Uh the, probably the most, well you know Kendrick and I are like brothers from a different mother oh born goodness. years apart, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just like wanted to make four sure years knew that. apart.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh but he was he said something that was really really uh good and really spoke to me a lot is he was talking about um Hosanna and that word from the Hebrew literally means save us and why are
1: you making that face? Because Kimberly and I just heard another pastor talk about that today and say the same exact same exact deal. So that's crazy. Yeah, um, it's Palm Sunday. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> see, um, there again, showing my <laughs> deficiencies.
3: <laughs> but he was talking about uh Hosanna literally meaning save us and the, how that needs to be the Christians' cry and everything like that. But he was talking about uh, what you're asking and he was saying that. What we truly believe comes out under pressure. That Christian theology sounds great, and, and what we read in the scripture sounds great, but what we truly believe is going to come out when pressure shows up. Like, like perfect for the virus right now, uh, people are losing their jobs. Well, it sounds really good theologically to say God is my provider, and I believe that, and I trust Him in it what are you going to do when you lose your job and you have no idea how that month's bills are going to be paid? Are you really going to trust in that, or are you going to worry about it? Because right. it's human nature to worry about it. And he gave a bunch of different examples in that of of how theology sounds, like when G- Jesus says, uh, when somebody smacks you on the cheek, turn the other cheek and let him have that one too. Or uh, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And Kendrick made the point that we don't even pray for each other and let alone our enemies are praying for those who persecute us. And I just think that's really, really uh, prophetic because it's really, really prominent today that what we really believe
1: shows up when we have pressure on us. Yeah, it's good. I, uh, that reminds me of, um, you know, when people tell you that they're going to pray for you, do, do you kind of wonder sometimes how many of them actually really go and pray for you? It's always a big been a big thing to me. If I if I tell someone I'm going to pray for them, it may be five minutes after that or two seconds that I just go into a little prayer. But I'm definitely going to pray for them. I'm not going to just say it. It's not going to be lip service. Yeah, yeah.
0: I started catching myself about a couple. Back, I said, a couple of years ago. I started catching myself on that because I was like, I don't think I really do that when I say I I will. So, and I wanted to be. I want to be a person of my word, and so I started being more intentional about that.
1: So. One of the things that I had kind of just written down was, uh, and let's kind of maybe go into a wrap-up phase with this. Um, You know, I talk about the Amp Station, and I want it to be an Axe-type church. You you know, would Amp even be considered a church at all in the first place?
0: It depends on what you think of as the church. I mean, are you thinking of it as a building, or are you thinking of it as the people?
1: That's a great question. That's what I'm asking you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I see it as the people. I don't really see it as, yes, it's a one specific body, but... We're a body that comes from other backgrounds in Christ, other churches, other buildings. We all come from different parts of life, but we're all still living the same life as well. So
2: Wes, you got anything on that? Well, they didn't have a building when they first got together in Jerusalem when Boom. all the people from around <laughs> around the world, you know, had come to celebrate and you know they just stayed there and i don't know if they tried to sleep in some people's homes or if they made you know makeshift shelters or exactly what they did but they didn't really own anything themselves to call their church building and so they just gathered together where they could um and obviously if if they didn't have a building then it was the unified group of people that Jesus was referring to as the church. So by those descriptions, go
3: ahead, Corey. This might be powerful, but it also might be stupid. But Jesus hated the building. Like when he went into the temple and flipped the tables and the synagogue was where the people who crucified him went to church, air quotes church. And so I think we get caught up a lot of times in the building
1: when I think Jesus is more of relational body. So from your answers, I think we could all agree that AMP is at least a part of the body of Christ, which would make it a part of the body of the church. Then, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So would we have the same role then as a church, especially whenever it comes to correction, whenever it comes to uh, uh, the truth of the Bible, would we have that same role or is there a little bit of a, of a free pass type situation because you know, you're trying to get people in here so that you can first get them to know Christ and then get them to maybe seek and then as they seek, they start to find and follow. Here's my thing. Um, Jesus still loved all the people
3: that weren't Christians. He still loved every single one of them and wanted them to come to him for salvation. But it's back to what we were talking about with the radical idea earlier of you're in this for real or you're not in it at all. And I think that you make that known and then it's in God's hands. You make that known and the people that really want to be all in and they want to live for Christ and they want to do this thing, they're going to stay and they're going to be edified. They're going to grow. And you're probably going to have salvations come out of that because people are going to look at their themselves and, say, you know what? I am ready to do this for real. I'm I'm tired of living this fake Christianity that I've been claiming for so long. I'm ready to go in this. And I'm ready to give it my all. And then you're going to have some people that you run off, I have no doubt. But you can't say that you did anything other than preach the gospel. And that's the only thing that we can do. Yeah. You also have to be careful.
0: It's like, uh, not by it, it is our role to uh, spread the truth, spread the gospel, but are we doing it from a judgmental place, or are we doing it from a loving place? And that's we have to keep that in check every time we go and do it.
3: What was that word you were using earlier? Started with an S. Um, you used it. Sensationalism. Sensationalism. Uh, one more thing on the the salvation thing. I think that any salvation that you're bringing or that is happening out of not preaching the gospel, out of any extracurricular to the to the gospel is sensationalism. And I think that a lot of people are living a sensationalism Christianity right now. That's good.
1: That's good. Wes, you got anything to add on it at all?
2: Well, as we're talking about self-awareness and Jesus teaching, uh, sometimes the teaching was a little more on the surface and sometimes it was a little deeper, a little tougher, um, giving them different levels of, uh conviction like you know one uh week the the pastor might give a message that really makes you have some self-awareness and the next week he may have a message that gives murph self-awareness and on down the line is that people are gonna uh hear things that make them reflect and go wow i think he was talking to me about that and that's what happened You know, as Jesus is traveling all over the place and there's, you know, maybe a few hundred people or thousands or whatever listening, and whenever he would teach something that really challenged the way that they understood the old covenant or things that made them look at themselves in a a scrutinizing or critical way, they left. But he didn't ever tell them to get out. He didn't say, you know, if you don't like what I'm saying take a hike he allowed them to respond to the truth and i think that's what we're saying here really is that we don't we don't push people away they they can choose whether or not they believe what jesus says is is you know wisdom or if it's an opinion or or what it is but we should all get that chance we should all have the opportunity to reflect on what he says to us and give us self-awareness and then at that point you know just like the rich young ruler he was like the jew of the month right i mean because he said i've kept all these laws for my whole life you know and a lot of people would have considered him to be a mentor upstanding guy or whatever but then jesus the, the pivotal question is if you want to be perfect right That's what he says. If you want to be perfect, that's when you sell your possessions and all this other stuff. And the word perfect, of course, it's Greek there. He's saying complete. If you want these little blind spots in your life that are preventing you from being everything that God wants you to be, then this is what it's going to take. Because more than likely, he lived for money. Greed had taken over his life.
1: Very nice, very nice. Well, look, here at the Amp Station, I just got to tell you that we um, we really do, I feel like, try to come from a loving standpoint. Um, I do believe that the truth is spoken here. I believe that we talk a lot about that. Um, I believe that when you come in here, you will feel welcome. You will feel like a part of a family if you'll allow it. Um, it's just kind of up to you and what you come into, into this place with and, and uh, what you're looking to receive. Um, and then uh, uh, one of the other things that I want to just share is um, – this is a place too where you really see people become vulnerable and transparent in a really good way. Uh, That always attracts me to somebody because I feel that it's real. Then I feel like they're not trying to uh, grandstand or be sensational. Uh, uh, It's really something that's from their heart. And, and uh, I see that so much here and, and, I don't want to discount the building. I know that the church is the, is the people. I know that it's the, the young adults that are here in the OGs that share this space, but I also know that this building has created a place where people can hang out uh, of different uh, types of different uh, uh, backgrounds of different uh, denominations and find unity and and start to find uh, friendships that they may not have ever formed before and that's one of the things that I do love about this building. But I also know that that Christ lives in this building, and uh, He has started to form His church body using this building uh, in a great way. So uh, that's pretty much all we've got for this week. Um, if you've got a topic, go ahead. I'm sorry. I do have one more quick thing. Okay. Um, one thing I do want to make clear is,
3: like you were saying, this just because I was talking about uh, you know radical Jesus, all of that. That's the difference in us and society today is if they say, if you don't agree with me, you're stupid. Well, we still want what we have for you more than anything in the world, but we're still going to love you right where you're at. And yeah.
1: nothing is going to, nothing you do can change. That so love true. That we have. So for you. true. Yeah. So I just wanted to add that. Yeah. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Uh, next week. We're actually going to talk about the question. What's more important Easter or Christmas? Because this is the thing that drives me nuts. And you guys know, um, surely you know by now listening to this, that I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, (laughs) that I I still love my God and I want to serve him. And I just want to make sure that I'm doing what he wants and not what I want.
0: Thank you for listening to the Trend or Truth podcast. This podcast is recorded out of the Amp Station in Claremore, Oklahoma. AMP is a Christian ministry geared towards college students and young adults with an emphasis on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. If you like what you heard, consider becoming a subscriber so you don't miss out on a single episode. We release new entries every Monday. Also, rate and review this podcast on iTunes and share it on social media. Once again, thank you for joining us today, and we'll talk to you next time.